Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, how are you all? Welcome to Parenthood Friday. I'm really glad you joined me today. Thank you for stopping by. We are going to do a um, a very different topic this week to next week. We are going to go from one end of the cradle to the other end. Today, we're going to talk about uh, high chair manners. Yes, it's a thing, high chair manners. But next week, we're going to go the other end and talk about dating and teenagers. And like literally, that's the beauty of Parenthood Friday. We could it could it could take us anywhere. Anyway, okay, so here we go. Let's talk high chair manners. And I can hear some of you going, Renee, are you serious? Do you mean my child needs to show manners in a high chair? Like, is that even a thing? Well, by the end of this episode, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. That is exactly what I mean, guys. Because everything, everything in your parenting, everything in your day is an opportunity to shape your child. So before we get into what that might look like, high chair manners, let's talk about the more important thing, which is why you should even care, why this is important. Well, firstly, look, let's be selfish just for a moment, (laughs) but firstly, it's actually going to make your life a lot easier Uh, and we're in for easy, right? So a little bit of short-term pain of teaching your child how to behave in a high chair is actually going to turn into long-term gain for you in that you're going to have a much cleaner child, a much cleaner high chair, and a, a much tidier eating area. And anything that produces less work is a winner, right? So if you spend a little bit of time at this end teaching and training them, you are going to save yourself years of having to clean up after your child has been in a high chair, or for that matter, when they move from a high chair to a dining table. The second reason it's so important is because when we teach our children high chair manners, it actually shows respect for the people around us. If you listened last week, I talked about some of the or 10 things that um, that great parents don't tolerate. And one of the things that I talked about was bad high chair manners in a cafe or a restaurant. I'm talking about when you take your child somewhere or you go to a cafe or restaurant and the person next to you has a child in a high chair and when they leave, you see the tsunami that they've left behind. And I see this more often than not. I very, very, very rarely see a mum tidying up after her child when they've um, been sitting in a cafe. Uh, So your child's lunch being flung all over the floor is actually not the responsibility of the cafe waitress to clean it up. Okay. So, so it shows respect and, and it teaches your child respect as well. But most of all, This is actually yet another opportunity for learning. We can use the high chair to teach our child yet again obedience and to shape their moral heart. So having 
expectations for what is and isn't acceptable when it comes to eating in the high chair is actually moral training. Giving instructions and expecting them to obey is obedience training. But you know what, guys? Whether it be mealtime, playtime, room time, we need to maintain a constant and consistent level of expectation regarding our children's behavior. So the instructions we give them might differ. Uh, you know, the place where they are might differ. Um, you know, we, if they're if they're in the high chair, it might be don't drop your food. If they're in the lounge room, it might be don't touch mummy's plant. Those things, the place and the instruction might differ. But what doesn't differ is your expectation. So it's confusing for your child, and I've talked about this on many occasions, but it's confusing for your child if you let them do one thing in one area or one activity, and then you change the expectation of them in another. So for example, if you let your child just go to town in their high chair, they can just drop food, do whatever they want, throw food, um, but then you tell them off for touching your plant in the lounge room, that's really confusing. And remember when children have um, different expectations given to them and inconsistent expectations, your child will play out. That's when you'll end up with behavior problems in the long term. So the no of the high chair should be the no of the lounge room, which should be the no of when you take your kid to your friend's house. It's the same no. It's all about, and and the same yes too, by the way, it's all about consistency. So it doesn't matter what the setting or, um, or the time, we as parents need to be the consistent influence so that our children have the opportunity for orderly development and and consistency for their growth. Now, if you think that you are like, Renee, this is over the top. I really don't care about how my child eats. Uh, I don't care if they get food in their hair. I don't care if they smear it all around their chair or they drop things over the floor. Then look, maybe this episode's not for you, but I hope what I've just said maybe gives you a reason to care that what you're doing is providing another opportunity for your child's moral heart to be trained, for them to to develop and grow in an orderly way is actually good for your child. But um, look, you know, if you really are like, I'm out, then maybe we've just got really different values and that's okay as well. But what we always need to remember is no matter how we roll, we always have to be aware that we're always going to reap the consequence of what we decide. So just just think about that. So if you don't care about how your child behaves in their high chair and you don't care and you think it's cute that there's food all over the floor and smeared all over them, um, then you've just got to remember what it is that you're teaching them, okay? You can't then let them out of the high chair and start telling them off for other things. So just remember that there's always a consequence. Um, All right, so that being said, when you add it up, a child actually spends many, many hours in a high chair. In fact, I'll be honest, I loved putting my kids in their high chair. I loved it when it was snack time because 
very selfishly, but not really. You know what? Not really. It's good. It's good for them to have that time because it means we can get some stuff done. I loved, I'd quickly like vacuum or I'd make a phone call I had to make, or, you know, it, it was just a good opportunity. I knew they were safe. I obviously was watching them because they were eating, but I could get some stuff done. So if you are having trouble with your child's behavior in the high chair, um, I think what we need to do is ask ourselves, am I having this problem present itself in other places as well throughout the day? Like, is it just a high chair problem or there is there another route to this problem that I'm seeing in other parts of our day? So the root problem, most likely, if you're having trouble with them in the high chair, it's most likely actually not a high chair mealtime problem. Um, it's more, you know, a problem maybe if your child having a lack of self-control or not, not being obedient. Um, and so, yeah, so just be aware that if there is trouble in the high chair, don't just focus, even though today we're focusing on high chair manners, but don't just focus on what they're doing in the high chair. Be consistent with what you're expecting of them outside of the high chair. All right, so let's get into some of my expectations when my children were in high chairs. Um, now, this one might surprise you. I have never, never talked about this before, and I think I need to do an episode on this, but I and my friends actually taught our kids some basic sign language. I know, right? Um, now, some of my friends taught more words than I did. I just taught the basics. And the reason is very young children, babies or older babies actually can communicate before they learn to do it with words. And that's why we get different kinds of crying. That's why you'll get uh, screaming or grunting and whining because they are trying to communicate with us. They just can't use words yet. So it's really powerful to teach your children some basic sign language. So um, a few of my friends and I taught them the sign language for thank you, for please, and also for more. So if my children were still hungry, more was like they put their hand flat on their chest and turn their hand in like a circular motion. So just really basic stuff. Thank you was, um, they'd put their finger, you might know the thank you sign language. You put your hand on your chin and then you, um, you put your hand down, like down, like downward motion. I feel like I need to do this on video. Um, but when my children were in the high chair, instead of them getting frustrated, and also again, I saw it as an opportunity to teach them early manners, like please and thank you. Um, then, then instead of them getting frustrated, uh, if they were hungry, for example, still they would use their more sign rather than, uh, uh, you know, when you take the plane of what played away and they start growling at you in hindsight, I should have actually taught them the word enough. Maybe I did. I just can't remember, but I think it's good to teach them the word enough as well. Like if they've had enough, um, I mean, I think usually my kids would shake their head like, no, but if they've had enough, maybe a sign sign for that would be really good as well. Um, and so, and like I said, it teaches early ma ways, early manners of please and thank you by using signing. All right. Uh, the second thing that's really important after the sign language, you don't have to do that by the way, but I found it super helpful, um, is we need to teach self-control training with their hands. So, um, this will, this is, this is super helpful. We can't just tell our kids what not to do. It's really important to tell them and to show them what to do. And older babies or little toddlers learn, uh, 
best by instruction and restriction. So self-control training with hands is part of the restriction. So uh, what I would do when they first start, um, when they first start eating in the high chair, I would feed them and I didn't let them put their fingers, um, you know, I didn't let them try and grab the spoon. I didn't let them put their fingers in their mouth or in their plate. Um, So, and I also did not allow them to hold or use a spoon. So I, what I did is I would teach them where to put their hands, which was either to place their hands on their tray or to put their hands underneath. I found underneath um, a really good one. Oh, actually, you can do this on top as well. Because what I used to do, because especially Liam, he always wanted to touch his food. He was always trying to grab the food or grab the spoon. Like that kid could not get enough. He would have his mouth open and his head shaking, ready for more before I could even get the spoon back into the plate for the next mouthful. But what I would do, I would get him to put his hands either on top or under the high chair and I'd get him to put his hands together. And then I would put one of my hands on top of his hands. So I was teaching him, no, you keep your hands still. Cause he just, otherwise I'd spend the whole time putting his hands back on the high chair. So I would just firmly, but gently put my hands over his. So what we're doing is we're teaching self-control training. We're teaching them where to put their hands. So it just teaches them not to put their hands in their food, in their mouth, um, their fingers all through their hair. So restricting where they put their hands, that's proactive parenting rather than reactive. Remember, we've talked about this before. It's not fair not to teach our kids something, but to let them do something and then tell them off after the fact. It's better to restrict something Um to spend your time training them and restricting something, then then reacting by not training them, letting them do something wrong. And then we have to tell them off and then everyone's upset and everyone's frustrated. So restrict to begin with is being proactive rather than reactive because the child who does put their hand in their food, in their mouth, and then puts it all over their hair and all over their clothing, they're going to most likely get corrected by mum because you're frustrated. But then then it's not fair. We what what we should have done is be restrictive to begin with. Okay, so once I would first do that, um, then I would uh, move on to finger food because they had the fine motor skills at that stage to feed themselves. Okay. So start off with the hand, the finger training, the hand training, uh, and I would feed them and they were not allowed to feed themselves. Then I would move on to a bigger food that was cut up that they were able or sultana soaked in water. My kids used to love that, but yuck, gross, but, um, they couldn't choke on them if they were soaked in water. Um, and they would, they would feed themselves. And that was really good as well. That's good training for them. Uh, It's good training for their phone motor. Now, what they were not allowed to do, they were not allowed to throw food on the floor. They were not allowed to throw their, their plate on the floor. And they were not allowed to put their food over their face or in their hair. Now, once their fine motor skills were developed a little bit more, And I could see that they were able to hold, not just hold a spoon, but actually scoop up food and put it in their mouth. Then I would let them start feeding themselves with a spoon or a little plastic fork. And they loved this. They they obviously thought they were just it and a bit. Now, of course, they would get a little bit messy when they're first learning this, but not too much because by now uh, I've taught them 
a lot of high chair manners. By now they know not to get food all over them. And so they're just focusing on doing what they should be doing, which is getting that that spoon into the plate and then into their mouth and back again. And by this stage, if they're ready for that, then it's really not that messy at all. So a few other rules that we had, um, I always gave them food in the high chair. I didn't let my kids uh, walk around eating. Um, when they got a little bit older, we had one of those little fold out lounges, you know, those little children's lounges that fold out. So once they got a little bit older, it was a real treat for them to have their morning tea, um, like in their little fold out lounge in front of the TV. And then when they got older again, you know, uh, we had a coffee table and they would kneel down at the coffee table. Uh, but basically they never ate on the lounge. They never ate walking around. Um, and I think that's a good thing to teach them as well. That's just good manners because I didn't want to go around cleaning up my house and I didn't want them to do the same thing in other people's houses. The other thing is my children were not allowed to go into the pantry and just get their own snacks out. They actually had to ask first. Um, but they really didn't do that anyway, because we pretty much had a routine of breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, and dinner. So they weren't, you know, I see some parents that let their kids literally graze and snack all day long. I just don't think that's a good habit for them to learn. That's me personally, because, um, I don't think it's a good habit for them to have as they get older, just to be eating all day. I think it's good for them to know that there's a time to eat and it's good for our bodies to have a time not to eat a fasting time, so to speak. Um, not that you make your children fast, okay? Don't misinterpret me here, but you know what I'm saying. And then any treats that they were given, I also gave them in the high chair. Um, or in summer, I used to let them run us around outside, like with a Zupa Dupa. I remember my kids having their first paddle pops, you know, the ice cream paddle pop. Oh my gosh, they loved it. And they got real, they did get really messy having that, but I didn't mind that. That's not because they were purposely getting messy. They were just slow at eating and the, and the, you know, it would kind of melt a little bit, but anyway, that was probably about the most I'd let them do. Now, what would I do if they did throw food on the floor? Well, of course, when they're very little in their first, um, in their first, uh, uh, months of training, you know, it might happen on occasion, but if you've already taught them, not to be putting their hands everywhere by doing, you know, the hand training, you'll find your kids most likely won't really try and throw food on the floor. Or if they do try once or twice, um, then I would tell my kids a very firm, no, we do not throw food on the floor. Uh, and also it was a clear expectation by verbal instruction that we do not put our food or our fingers in our hair or on our clothes and we certainly do not throw our plate or our spoon on the floor. And if they continued with any of that behavior after I set the expectations, then I would take their food away and I would take them out of the high chair. And I would say, well, dinner time is over or lunch time is over or snack time is over because you didn't listen to mummy and you threw food on the floor and you know that you are not allowed to do that. And really, that's the only consequence they need to have because Kids hate having food taken away from them, unless you've got a fussy child, in which case they're probably loving it. Um, but I didn't have fussy kids. My kids loved all of their food. So there you go. I hope that helps you guys a little bit on um, on high chair manners. Uh, and of course, 
when you've done a good job of doing that, it's a really easy transition into uh, when they get to sit at a dining table as a big boy or a big girl with mum and dad and the family. And of course, uh, training and manners should absolutely continue in that space. So there you go, guys, 20 minutes on high chair training. Go and be awesome, the awesome parents that I know that you are, and have the most wonderful week. And I will see you back on Wednesday for another whatever we're going to talk about episode um, then. So until then, have a good one and I'll see you soon. Bye.